I'm not gonna debate you, Jerry. I'm not gonna sit here and debate. Hello, hello, and welcome midweek. Red Glare Podcast. My name is Daniel Fritch. I am your host. I thank you for joining me. I thank you very much. If this is your first time listening to the Red Glare, uh, man, you are in for a treat. What a great show we have in store for you today. And I say we because there's me producing the show, but I also have a team of interns. 15 or 16, I haven't counted. Uh, interns, and I've instructed them to never, ever appear on any of my video feeds or, or via audio uh, under the threat of violence. So they are there working the ones and twos, working the dials, uh, sending out tweets, liking it, tweets, crap like that. Um, but they will, you'll never see them or hear them uh, per our agreement. And so on today's show, um, we are joined by Doobie the Chef from Twitter, a stalwart of Rockets Twitter, to talk all things Rockets as we Kicked off Media Day. Rockets Media Day took place yesterday. And we've been talking a lot of Texans on this show, but this is the preeminent Texans and Rockets podcast on the internet, as I've been saying since I started this show. And we haven't talked Rockets in a little while. So I wanted to get into it. Bryce, Doobie the Chef, was kind enough, good enough to come on the show and chop it up with me for a bit on the Rockets. And so my conversation with him is coming up here in a moment. And then after that, we're going to take a couple calls, uh, which has been a popular segment on prior shows. Now, before I get too far, I did want to mention my thoughts are with uh, the folks in Florida. And genuinely, you know, we had VT on the show uh, week before last, Brown Chubby Bear on Twitter, who's a great Texans Twitter personality. And he's right in the, the path of the storm. And I want him to know that I'm thinking about him. And there are a lot of folks on Twitter thinking about him, and I hope everything goes smoothly and well for him uh, throughout the next few days. And so we have this show now. We've been doing it for a couple months. If you've been listening to this show beyond this episode, thank you so much. I've had a ton of time, uh, pr- uh, a ton of time, a ton of fun producing the show. And, you know, I want to grow this show organically through Houston sports fans through word of mouth, you know, I got a call the other day from Joe Rogan and Ira Glass, Joe Rogan of his podcast and Ira Glass of This American Life. And they said, Daniel, we, we heard your podcast and we love it. And we want to help you spread the word. Can you please come on the Joe Rogan show? Can you come on This American Life? And I said, Joe, Ira, I appreciate the call. You both simultaneously calling me on one line. Um, I appreciate you guys reaching out, but I have to build this show organically. I can't rely on Joe Rogan and Ira Glass. And uh, as much as I appreciate your friendship and reaching out, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to do it via Houston, via the fourth largest metropolitan area in the United States, the greatest city in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And so what I'm asking you as a listener is if you're listening to the show and you're enjoying it and you're like, man, this guy sounds like a nice guy or this guy sounds like kind of a dick, but I like the show and I know someone else that would like the show. Go ahead and spread the word, spread the word 
Let's keep doing this thing. Let's grow this thing. We don't need Joe Rogan. We don't need Ira Glass. All we need is my ever-growing team of interns who we will never see or hear from. And you guys spreading the good news, proselytizing (laughs) for the Red Glare podcast. But really, I do appreciate you listening. And without further ado, we are going to go to my conversation with at Doobie the Chef, D-U-B-Y-T-H-E-C-H-E-F on Twitter. And I hope you enjoy it. All right. I am joined by Bryce, Doobie the Chef. Bryce, thank you so much for joining me. Before I get to my first question, let me open the floor to you for any any plugs, anything you want to direct listeners to perhaps on the internet. Uh, thanks so much, Daniel. Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Bryce. Uh, currently, uh, the only platforms I'm on are Twitter, and you can find me at Doobie the Chef. That's D-U-B-Y the Chef. And um, I'm on there, you know, just uh, chopping it up with fellow Houston Rocket fans, uh, Rockets Twitter. And um, if you'd like to follow on me, I'll chop it up with you as well. Beautiful. So thank you again for coming. Um, I started this podcast a couple months ago um, to be a Rockets and Texans podcast. And of course, the Texans season started a few weeks ago, and I have been in a, in a Texan-centric headspace. I haven't done a Rockets episode in a while, and the season, at least in an unofficial way, kicked off yesterday with Rockets Media Day, and I haven't had a chance to really sink my teeth in there, so I wanted to open the floor to you. What were your takeaways from Rockets Media Day? What jumped out at you? Uh, Yeah, the the season is officially underway, and it's pretty exciting for the Rockets fans who have been around for a while me personally I've been a fan for since like 98 and uh, so for the people who've gone through the ups and downs coming off this hardened season it's exciting for a bunch of different reasons because of the rebuild but um, a lot of my main takeaways from media day was um, I feel like last two seasons uh, especially last season we were going full-on rebuild Um, the expectations were low but we were, you know, looking to see what we had from last year and what we had left over from the Harden departure. And this year, now that we have more of a clear view of what we're trying to do and move forward with, I think this year we can expect a little bit more competitiveness. Um, I don't know how many wins and losses they might actually translate to, but I know we're going to try and that will feel a lot better for the Rockets fans who went through the past couple seasons because it's been real tough and um, I think you know some of the main takeaways that Silas and Stone were uh, talking about in their interviews where they they kept referring to we're going to be very tough to play against you know we're going to be a hard team to play against and I think that just goes to show that you know last year it was more just go out there, let's see what we can do. Um, Silas even referenced it to his exit interview last year that he wasn't really sure what the players that he had. So I think this year they have a much clearer vision and it's it's just going to be really exciting because uh, we're going to not necessarily win more games, but we're going to try, which will be fun to watch. Definitely. And you mentioned last year being sort of assessing the remnants after Harden left. 
Um, we lost Christian Wood in the offseason. Um, we lost John Wall. And we added, of course, Jabari Smith and Tari Eason, but they're very young players. And it does seem like, certainly on Rockets Twitter, the expectations, as you just said, are for us to be more competitive, if if not winning more games, but a, but a tougher out, so to speak, on a night-to-night basis. Where do you fall in terms of your own expectations? Like you have Stone and Silas sort of, you know, speaking up the team, talking up the team. What do you think personally? Like when we tune into the Rockets this year, are we going to be seeing um, a lot of fourth quarters that don't matter? Or are we going to be seeing competitive games? Yeah, so I actually um, was just talking about this on Twitter recently. I was going over a lot of the games last year. And um, we lost a lot of close games. Again, we also, you know, got blown out a lot too. So by, like you said, you know, by that fourth quarter, it was, uh, it was, it was hard to watch some of those games. I can't lie. Um, but going through some of those games, we had a lot of games that were under 10, which uh, sounds like a lot, but really in today's NBA, 10 points is a swing from left to right very quickly. So I feel like with, the clear defensive pickups we got in this year's draft now combined with the very clear offensive pickups we had in last year's draft that we may be able to close that gap. And again, I mean, I don't know what the, I'm hoping personally that the win loss record could be anywhere from, you know, 25, 27 wins, which still sounds really rough. But I mean, if we can go from 20, 22 to even high twenties, I think it will feel better because it won't be so many losses in a row, which can be so disheartening. So even if they can be spread out a little bit, it can give some of us Rockets fans a little hope. Absolutely. It felt like we started last year, right, with a one in 16, something like that out of the gate. And it and it sort of sucked the soul out of uh, if you're a casual fan, if you have other things to do besides watching the Rockets, if you're not you know, burning with sort of Rockets love, like a lot of Rockets Twitter is, it's hard to invest in a one in 16 team. And my personal hope is that out of the gate this year, we're not, we're not really terrible. Like if, if, like you said, if we can just be more competitive defensively, um, just a little bit better in the wins and losses. And I think the way we finished last year, would give me some hope there it should right like uh, Jalen came on very strong last year um, it felt like we were starting to forge an identity a little bit at the end of last season do you think we'll be able to carry that through a little bit through this year well hopefully um, yeah last year towards the end of the season we definitely got a clearer vision of what the future is um you know, as much as some of the Rockets fans really liked Christian Wood, um, I was kind of, you know, torn. Uh, I saw his potential that he could be, but I also saw what the gravity he pulled away from the rest of the people on the floor. And I don't think he necessarily did that on purpose. I think he, the type of player that he was, he needed the ball in his hand, but the position he played, it just didn't work with the young players that we have now so you know good luck to him I do wish him the best shout out to Vias Houston he's a big Christian Wood fan um but I'm kind of glad he's gone um unfortunately with John Wall's situation last year too but you know I'm glad we have a clearer vision for the future 
you know, Jalen Green, um, KBJ, these guys are going to definitely run the offense. Um, I know I'm a big Alfred Shingroon fan. Um, I know people are kind of in and out on him because of his defensive liabilities. Um, and, I, and I understand that I can't sit here in line and try and act like he doesn't have those issues. But I think if we can really get a um, offensive trio of Alpin Shangoon, KPJ, and Jalen Green, and then you plug in those defensive holes with people like Tari Eason and Jabari Smith, there is some potential there that could be really fun to watch on both ends of the floor, which should translate to wins hopefully earlier in the season rather than later in the season like last year. Definitely. I, I'm a big Shingoon guy, but I'm a realist in that I love his personality. I love the the crazy passing, the crazy court vision that he has, the, some of the things he's able to do. But also you have to be able to, I mean, at the center position to, to be so poor defensively, I, I don't know how that's viable. Like he has to improve defensively. And then the consistency uh, throughout his game, like like he would have really impressive games and then he would have games that really were, you know, he, he just sort of disappeared there. And I'm not sure if that was the scheme or just his inability to assert himself. He's still very young, of course, but like I'm hopeful that Shingun figures it out and puts it all together and is our is our center or, you know, our four and a half, if not our five um, of the future. But like, I think, and, and you tell me if you disagree with this, I think you could confidently say that Jalen Green and Jabari Smith are going to be Rockets two years from now. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm not sure that you can say that about anyone else on this team. Do you, do you agree or disagree? I can, yeah, I can confidently say that for sure, Jabari and Jalen. Jalen 100% is, I feel, are going to be our number one option going forward. I feel like Jabari could easily be a number two or number three option con contingent on where the other guys fall or progress. You know, if, um, uh, if Alfred can get better, you know, as far as defensive, because you're right, he, he's that last man on defense. He's that last line. You know, you can't be lacking on defense. And um, honestly, I think with um, a lot of people didn't see his um, interview on Media Day, unfortunately, because the stream went down. But if you go to um, shout out Jackson Gatlin with uh, Locked On Rockets, he has a Jackson Gatlin media page on YouTube. He was there at the press conference. He's got a lot of videos that he took personally. And I was able to watch the Alpen Shangun uh, interview there and why I'm referencing that is because that man's English has gone through the roof in just one year and I think that should help obviously more on the defensive side than it will on the offensive side because just being able to communicate um, you know because yes he's going to have defensive issues when they get to him but if he's able to communicate you know where the picks are at to his guards where people are on the floor you know, if he's communicating with Jabari, I think the two of them can mesh so well defensively just as much as offensively, in my opinion. Well, I hope you're right. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I hope 
there's more optimism. I, I would love for Shingun to work out and just be a star here, or you know, if not a star, then then a solid, you know, starter for us. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about that I'm a little bit curious about. So we have Steven Silas as our head coach. Um, Stone is our GM, of course. We we seem to have an ownership group, a management group that understands we're in a rebuild and understands the best way to approach a rebuild. Um, my question is, we have Eric Gordon, who who played fairly well for us for a number of years now, and it's it's pretty well known that he seems to be on the trade block and we're just sort of waiting for an acceptable return before we move him. Do you think that Steven Silas, um, is he the right coach to coach us through this rebuild? Will he be our coach, you know, three or four years down the road when we're hoping to be back into a, a contending position? Yeah, this is a, a definite hot topic on Rockets Twitter, there are people who are uh, either one way or the other. I'm definitely pro Silas, but with that being said, I know he wasn't hired on for a rebuild. You know, he was really hired on to uh, help push us over the top when we still had a contending roster. So, you know, I like Silas. You know, I honestly can't say if he'll be around. You know, I actually see us kind of on a similar path as Brooklyn uh, before they signed KD and Kyrie, where, you know, we've been drafting decent. We're going to acquire a few guys. Um, uh, I want to say it was Kenny Atkinson that was there. Right. You know, he seen the way through their early days until they got to that point where people were like, man, these guys are scrappy. We could go over there. And, you know, people like KD and Kyrie were thinking we can push them over the top. And then, you know, Unfortunately, Kenny got fired. So, you know, I hope he is. I see the vision personally. But with that being said, we haven't won a championship since I was a little, little boy. I was like 10 years old. So if right. he's not going to get it done, then like, you know, I, I, I'm all for us trying to win. I hope he is. I see, you know, people that say um, he's Coach Smiley. He's too, he's too soft. That's a thing that people will say. Right. And, you know, um, I don't disagree with that, but I also think that today's players do need, you know, stern coaches. But then there's a very fine line that if you're too stern, they run out in the middle of a game and leave the stadium. So, you know, <laughs> you, you, you never know nowadays. I hope he works out. But with that being said, if someone else has got to come in to replace him for us to get where we want to be, I'm okay with that personally. I, I'm kind of with you there. I like Silas. I, I I like him as a person, certainly. But I, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, people on Rockets Twitter had a lot of issues with his rotations last year and sort of Shingu not seeing the floor enough. Some of the younger guys maybe not getting as much run as Schroeder and and some of these other guys. Do you What do you ascribe that to? Is that Silas being stubborn? Is that Silas just trying to win games? What What, what, what was that? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. What was that? No, I honestly, I don't, I couldn't tell you what that was. Some people will tell you, um, especially on Rocket Twitter, that we were, we were, you know, embracing the tank. Um, other people will tell you that no coach that gets hired is going to try and purposely lose games. Um, I feel personally that that first year, 
wasn't really a part of that rebuild um, the first year. I think he, I think Silas was really shocked that Harden and Westbrook, all that just blew up the way it did. I think he really thought he was coming in for one thing. So in his mind, not necessarily ours, last year was more of a rebuild. And I really think he was, I hate to say this because he's a head coach and he shouldn't do this, but I really think he was just throwing pasta at the wall and seeing what stuff. And right. that's not a reasonable excuse by no means, because, you know, you're a head coach, you need to try and put out a winning team. But with that being said, I think he was kind of trying to see who he could trust, who he could feel comfortable with. You know, he had Jalen on the squad. Uh, I know a lot of people were upset during the beginning of the year that he wasn't getting as many touches as he should have. And then towards the end of the year, he did. Um, I personally think that that, w- that portion of it was on purpose. I, I don't think that was by accident. I think he wanted Jalen to learn off ball. But as far as the rest of his rotations, like Daniel Tice and Christian Wood at the same time, and they called it the double big. A lot of people refer to it as just the non-shooting lineup. Mm-hmm. It, it was rough. So, I mean, it's hard to explain why he was doing the rotations he was. You know, I, I do have faith in Silas and Stone, so I kind of just grit my teeth sometimes and be like, oh, and just hope for the best, which, but that's a, that's a very biased standpoint for me, but you know, that's all I have. So, you know, hopefully it's better this year. I want to say that with that exit interview, he really did touch on not knowing what some of his players were to do, the expectations that he had surpassed that. So I'm hoping that this year we'll see more of a scheme, but, you know, just like last year, looking at this, schedule the first few games are going to be rough so he's going to have to figure it out quick i know that much yeah i noted that too when the schedule was released it's it's a murderer's row for the first it's not even the first few games it's like the first like month month and a half am i am i wrong there yeah yeah it's pretty bad because most of them are on the road yeah just looking at it right now i'm you got utah portland phoenix Clippers, that's October 26th to the 34th, first. That's going to be rough. And then you got one home game, and then right after that, you're back on the road for four games again. And that is like the first 20 games. So, I mean, we're going to know real quick what we're doing next year. I mean, we're going to know within the first month and a half what's our team going to be this season coming up. Is Steven Silas in a position where they would move on from him mid-season? Like if, if, if we stumble out of the gate like we did last year, do you think they would move on from him? Or is it sort of a we're all rebuilding together, the expectations aren't, aren't that high for him in terms of wins and losses? Uh, if you would have asked me that question three months, actually, I would have said no. Nah. Where There's no way they're going to fire him mid-season. But after watching that media day, they're not putting a, a number. They were very, they did on purpose, they did a good job avoiding putting a number on wins and losses. They repeated being competitive. They said play hard against many times. You know, um, I think that there are more expectations for Silas this year. So I would hate for him to get fired halfway through the year, but I don't know. He could, he, he could, because I feel like front office is, this is a make or break year for him. Because next year, that offseason, we have the cap space. We're going to be off that Eric Gordon contract. It's it's really almost 
were there to go ahead and try and make that move. And I feel like if he, him and KPJ, honestly, are both in a year that they have a lot to prove if they want to be a part of this rebuild going forward. So hopefully, no, but it wouldn't surprise me after those first two months if there's a lot of rumblings, if we're doing, you know, 116, 218, you know, if it's, it's similar to last year, I wouldn't be surprised. All right. Well, I, Bryce, I appreciate your time and, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you one last question. And, and that is if anyone listening has been checked out on the Rockets for the last little while, what would be your key selling points on this year's team? If you wanted people to tune in, as I do, I want people to tune into the team this year and pay attention to the Rockets. What, if you wouldn't, you know, what, what's your main selling point for this team? Well, again, I want to just thank you for having me on, Daniel. And yeah, so if you, there's, there's what I call fans and stands. It's a lot of people that, that are fan of the team and then there are people who are obsessed with players um a lot of people moved on with the rockets after Harden left unfortunately and that's okay so the people that have checked out i can say you're gonna watch a very exciting team especially with that new foul the take foul being removed we're gonna be able to move up and down the court um much faster than we did last year we were lower on the fast break as far as uh, ranked in the NBA. And that had a lot to do with Wood getting the ball and then just stopping, dead stop. So now with Wood gone and that tape fell gone, I think we're going to be much faster on the floor. And it's going to be really exciting to watch. And I don't know how that translates to wins or losses this year, guys. But if you want to come watch a fun young team that's going to get up and down the court, they're going to be fast. They're going to be shooting threes. They're going to be dunking. We led the league, I'm pretty sure, last year in dunks. I could be wrong. I may be mistaken on that. But I, I want to say we're at least like top three last year in dunks. We dunked the ball a lot. And who doesn't like that? So if you want to get back in on the Rockets, now's the time because pretty soon we're going to be competitive again. And you don't want to be that fan that gets in late. Do be the chef on Twitter. Thank you so much, Bryce. Thanks again. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, we're going to go back to the phones here. We went to the phones on a few episodes in the past. I got a lot of positive feedback from those segments. I got some negative feedback as well, not going to lie. But um, (laughs) uh, let's go to the phones. I see a familiar number here on my screen. Sir, welcome back to the Red Glare Podcast. Well, hello. How is David Mills treating you these days, Daniel? (laughs) Not great. You know, the Texans are 0-2-1, as you know. Um, sir, before we go any further, what's your name? My name is Willie, and you, it's funny you mention 0-2-1 because I couldn't help but think about a quarterback who's never been 0-2-1 at any level in his entire career, and that, of course, is Vince Young. But beyond Vince Young, Daniel, because we all know that I'm going to bring up Vince Young because it's obvious, and I'm just stating the obvious. We would be a much better team with Vince Young. Everyone knows that. Everyone listening to this knows that. But there's a holy trinity. It goes beyond Vince Young. Vince Young is one leg of the holy trinity of winners, of guys that are available to any NFL team that would want them. Now, let me let me stop you there. Now, you say there's a, a holy trinity of winners. That's right. Um 
I, I, I got to know, I got to know before you go on, who are these, who is the Holy Trinity here that you're referring to? Well, Vince Young, of course, as we've stated, then the wonderkind himself, Johnny Manziel, who's out running around right now winning games for somebody, but he's not doing it in the NFL, I'll tell you that. And thirdly, and perhaps the most appropriate member of the Holy Trinity is, of course, Mr. Tim Tebow. Now, Tebow, okay, I feel like Tebow had a good shot. I mean, he got, he got not just one, I mean, he recently signed with the, I mean, the Patriots gave him a chance, Bill Belichick gave him a chance at, at, at fullback, at tight end, if, if, I re, if I remember correctly. He just couldn't make the team. Now, you think you can see talent where Bill Belichick can't? Listen, Daniel, the reason Tim Tebow is not on the Patriots right now, leading them to the playoffs, leading them to more Super Bowls, cementing Bill Belichick's legacy as the greatest coach that ever coached at any level, is because Bill Belichick is a heathen. He's an atheist. He doesn't want Tim Tebow on the team. He's disgusted by him. Now, why would he have even brought him into training camp if he was disgusted by him? Don't ask me to explain an atheist to you, Daniel. I can't even begin. I can't even begin to get into that mindset. Fair enough. And, okay, so the Texans do still employ Vice President of Football Operations Jack Easterby, who is a man of faith by all accounts. Wouldn't the Texans give Tim Tebow a chance if it was really the heathen, atheist aspect of NFL front offices that were keeping him off the field? Now, maybe it's noted atheist Nick Casario and his influence, you know, preventing Jack from from bringing in Tebow and and taking over for David Mills. But you'd have to ask Easterby about that. I mean, I I can't speak for him. Well, I'm not sure Nick Casario's religious views have ever been noted by anyone. But, I mean, how, how on earth would I get in touch with Jackie's? Wait a minute, we're, we're getting another call here coming in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and go, go back to the phones here. Hello? Hello, Daniel. I couldn't help but see you had opened up the phones, and I just wanted to give you a call. Well, thank you for calling in, sir. And, and what was your name? My name is ja- Joshua. Well, thank you, Joshua, for calling in. Um, I, I just wanted to, what, what's your take on this Jack Easterby angle um, Willie uh, seems to believe that uh, there's there's sort of a, a satanic, or maybe not satanic, I don't want to put words in your mouth, uh, Willie. Please don't put anything in my mouth. R- right, right, fair enough. So, so there's some sort of um, perhaps religious discrimination that's keeping Tim Tebow off the Texans. Joshua, do you have, do you have a take on that? Oh, I can't imagine noted atheist and heathen Nick Casario, uh, likely Satan worshiper Nick Casario, would uh, turn down the option to bring in Tim Tebow, even if, uh, you know, uh, a, a valued and respected scout suggested it on a Sunday and then again on a Wednesday afternoon and then again on a Saturday morning. I can't imagine Nick Casario, noted heathen, would turn down that advice or ignore it. But, you know, stranger things have happened, Daniel. Stranger things. Well, I can't argue with that. Thank you for calling in, Joshua. Willie, do you have anything before we before we head out here today? Well, it, Vince Young is sitting on his couch, Daniel, and, and David Mills is 0-2-1. And, and 
And I would like to explain it by rational means, but you start to think, your mind starts to wander. You know, it's like, is this something to do with Satan worship and animal and potentially human sacrifices that are keeping Vince Young off the field? It's the only logical explanation that I can come up with. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. And, you know, after, I'll hang up and listen. Well, I don't have a ton of thoughts on that particular angle of the Texans roster construction, but I do appreciate the call, and it is certainly thought-provoking. Thank you, Joshua, for calling. Thank you, Bryce, really, for calling in and, and talking us through this early phase of the Rockets season. And take care out there, VT. Join us at redglare.substack.com, and I will talk to you soon. Wherever you are, take care of yourself. Okay, this is not Tom. This is bowling. There are rules.